Folks, you might have noticed that the catalog is down. No need to worry, we're just doing a little manual update. It should be completed later today. In the meantime, we won't be able to listen to music, but I was able to get authorization to download a book which I will be reading today. I hope you enjoy The Hobbit, a novel by J.R.R. Tolkien. In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole, filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down on or to eat. It was a hobbit hole, and that means comfort. It had a perfectly round door like a porthole, painted green, with a shiny yellow brass knob in the exact middle. The door opened, shaped hole. We interrupt this scheduled broadcast for a breaking news update from the Sticky Buttons podcast. This is the Sticky Buttons Podcast. What is up, guys? It's your host, Brandon. And this is Blake. And welcome to the Sticky Buttons Podcast. It's a pretty chill video game podcast where we talk about the games we love. And today, I am so excited because we are talking about Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes in a Lucid elusive age s Def- i hold s on. <laughs> definitive edition you, you had it you had it okay it's dragon quest echoes of an elusive age a definitive edition s yeah we're, we're gonna i'm so so stoked to get into this game you know i, I think i might have mentioned this in prior episodes i've started this franchise playing dragon quest 8 uh back on my ds um another just great well done game by uh square enix and now I'm all the way here in 2021 playing the 11th version of it. And God, I love it. And I have so much to say about it. I just can't wait to get into it. But before we get into that, uh, we have some more things to talk about. Yeah, definitely, man. So last week, we kind of talked a little bit about the game stock stock situation and AMC and some of the other stocks. And I kind of just, after a, a week has gone by, I really just wanted to say some more things about it. Because a lot has happened <laughs> since then. And I kind of just wanted to have like a definitive take based on everything that we know and just kind of move forward with our gaming podcast, you know, because that, that's what it's all about is, is the games that we love. And, you know, I personally have just have like a little bit of um, experience in industry and design. I just wanted to share that with everybody. So um, really kind of what I want to say is, is my goal is really to inform you guys so you guys don't lose money and fall victim fall victim to something that you don't understand. So I'm going to try and keep it in like four main points. Um, I'm going to try and like explain to you guys best what's happening, um, the underlying causes and my, my quick recommendations and opinions. And I have like a little statement about it. Thank you guys for indulging me on this, but basically it feels like it's, it's been everywhere and it feels like it's been literally everything um, that everybody's talking about. Um, but over like this past week, uh, GameStop stopped and a couple other stocks like AMC have shot up like a huge, huge percentage, like three, four hundred percent. And in GameStop's case, I think it's close to twelve hundred percent. And it is it's just crazy because a lot of people are really upset about it because a lot of brokerages have frozen trading. And yesterday, um, actually, it was it was yesterday they closed the the or they the I'm sorry, the New York Stock Exchange stop trading like almost, I think it was five times on the trading of GameStop, which you know they're allowed to do. So I just kind of wanted to to give you guys some takes on this. Yeah. Um just a note yesterday was February 2nd, 2021. 
um, with the time that we're recording this. Yes, yeah, so we, we do. We do publish with a little bit of a lag. So today is February 3rd. And the last episode that we recorded was also on that Wednesday, which is when this all started. So basically, um, there is market manipulation. And that was made possible by online organizers. However, it's a little bit more complicated than that, um, because obviously, like GameStop is involved. And that's kind of why we are talking about it, um, just because we wanted to, to make sure that none of you guys like lose money and get emotionally and financially invested in this. <laughs> so first off, the financial world in particular is just so immensely complicated um, that really there's no like one person that's a definitive expert. And it's just so complicated. There's so many people, there's so many moving parts, so many companies and um, oversights. Just wanted to let you guys know that if somebody, like if one single person really knew what was going to happen in the markets tomorrow, they wouldn't tell anybody and they would become the richest person in the world. Because there are a lot of people out there that have really loud voices and some pretty strong opinions about this. And just know that myself included like if i knew it was going to happen you know i would be super rich and i'm here i would not tell a soul and <laughs> yeah. i would be greedy about it yeah definitely um so it's it's also like because of that it's very hard to find reliable and trusty sources um because just about everybody has something in the game um especially with the financial markets that's that couldn't be more true because a lot of people that publish financial financial news have you know, stock and say in this as well. So um, I kind of have a couple reasons why the brokerages had to stop trading that I kind of wanted to outline for you guys. So the reason number one, why Robinhood had to stop the trading on, I guess it was Thursday, which was, you know, the day immediately following this is because the DTCC increase the limit of collateral that each brokerage had to have to continue to operate. What is the DTCC? <laughs> yeah. So the first question you'd probably ask is the DTCC and they're the depository trust and clearing corporation. And they regulate things like how much a brokerage has to have in collateral based on their trading balances. And they're kind of like a regulatory agency, you could say. Um, and kind of something that if you did some research, you would find that they are in quotation marks that are user owned. Um, so they're a regulatory agency, but they're owned by the users of the, of the people that would use this agency, which you, you guessed it are banks, brokers, institutional investors. So it's, <laughs> it almost seems kind of rigged, which is why there are so many people that are so many ordinary people that are, are very emotionally invested in this. Um, and, and, you know, the second reason why a lot of the brokerages had to freeze the trading is because you probably might not know this, but it actually takes two entire days um, on average for you to actually purchase a stock. Two business days? Mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah. it's a little bit more. And basically what happens when you buy a stock, um, the brokerage or the lender actually, or I'm sorry, the brokerage or the like place that you were buying the stock from, they lend it to you at the price that you purchased it, buy it from. Mm -hmm. And then after the two days, they own the stock in their trading balance. And that's kind of what they do. So that's how they're able to connect people really fast that want to, like, if you want to buy a stock, for example, like let's say Brandon wanted to buy a stock of Apple 
and I own a stock from Apple and we both have Robinhood accounts, the stock doesn't necessarily have to trade hands because the broker might actually have that. And then they can just say, oh, we'll just connect you two. And that's that. There's also, <laughs> um, it can, this is probably something that you didn't know as well. There are a lot of, like Robinhood, for example, there's no fees on trades, which is generally how brokerages have made money in the past. They kind of say, all right, you have to pay 1% of the trade to us as the fee for, for being the middleman to getting, to getting you this stock. And there are actually computers and AI that can <laughs> work faster than you as a person. So they'll see that you are putting in the buy order. And when you hit send, like if you are on Robinhood, for example, and if you want to, if you want to test this out, go look, find like a cheap stock and try and buy it. And you'll find that when you buy it, yeah, actually it's like a couple cents higher than what the market price is or whatever, you know, it was like a second ago. And the, and it happens so fast and there are computers that, that purchase it and sell it um, in that fraction of a second. And they normally make on those, like it's, anywhere from half a cent to, to 50 cents per transaction. And it's something that's that's good to remember, even you know in, in this age, um, if a product is free, you are the product. So like Instagram and Facebook, for example, it's free for us to use, but they sell this, that space to people to market it. Shout outs to the social dilemma. That's uh, <laughs> something I learned watching that. And uh, it really, it really hit home for me. And yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So with Robinhood, for example, it's a, it's a free service and they do make half a cent to 50 cent on average per transaction. So if you're going to buy something, you know, they're going to make money off of that. But it's indirectly because they basically connect you with a third party seller and then they take a small fee for doing that, which <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but <laughs> Um, basically, I mean, in my opinion, we're, we're better off with services like Robinhood um, because they, you know, there's a lot of people that wouldn't be able to, to be in the financial markets that, that can't be now. Yeah. So I actually, I have some more notes that I want to go over and, and say some things that are a little bit more scripted. So um, expect like specifically with, with GameStop, as you can, as you have probably heard, it's, it, it's stock rises based on momentum. Um, momentum basically in, in, is just inflated price. So, so going back to the to the two days that it takes for you to to buy a stock, as you can imagine, if let's say for example you decided to buy Game Stock and in in two days the price fell from three hundred to one hundred, for example, which is kind of what happened in the past couple of days. It was at three hundred and now it's trading at around like one hundred and twenty, and that you know, that fall, that's a direct loss that the brokerage is going to have to take because when you put that order and when they lent it to you, for example, it was at 300 and now, you know, it's at less, less than that. So as you can, can imagine that that is why they would also want to, to stop that. And this is also one of the many reasons why uh, momentum trading is, is a bad trading strategy. And basically momentum, the momentum strategy is what's happening right now where there's just so much momentum based on online organizers and they're able to artificially inflate the stock price. And the stock price is not based on intrinsic value or profits. And therefore it's most likely to fall. When, when you say online organizers, 
Who are you referring to? Um, so online organized, the ones that I'm specifically referring to are like the people that are on Reddit that are trying to, or that originally organized this whole thing. Yeah. Did, were you, were you aware of the origins of this at all? Um, I know there's a subreddit called like r dash like deep, deep something. And they, yeah. that was like one of the subreddits where a lot of this was happening. And then it like kind of spread out. I remember saying on my Instagram, just like, you know, I have some, I go to business school. So I have some friends mm-hmm. that like trade and stuff and they're, they're posting about it, trying to get their friends and family to do it. And it's just like a, one of those things where it yeah, just spreads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's something that like, for example, me, I, I immediately knew what all that meant, but for somebody that doesn't understand what that meant, basically there's a couple sub subreddits. The one that's most like quoted, quote unquote, quoted in the news is I think our Reddit, the subreddit called wall street bets, which has since been removed. And, you know, basically there are a couple others as well. And basically momentum trading is when basically a lot of people decide that we are going to buy this. Just if you, so like, if I was going to buy a hundred shares at $3 and 59 cents and I put that order in and then Brandon sees that he's like, Oh wow. So many other people are buying this right now. I'm going to buy it at 160 or I'm not even going to specify it. I'm just going to put the buy order in. And when those two people met the meeting of those is what drives the stock price up. So the, basically the demand for buyers and sellers to meet is what perpetuates the stock price upward. And a lot of hedge funds and stuff have a a strategy that has been very successful for them in the past, especially over the last five years, because of there's been just so much volatility in the world and the market specifically that they do a bet called a short, which is basically, which it, it also, there is some elitism and not every single person has the ability to even place these kind of bets. Like, like I mentioned, I have a lot of my trading money with TD Ameritrade. In order to make these kind of bets, you have to have $2,000 in your trading account. And then you also have to meet their equations for you to be able to make the margin, which to make the margin is basically, you have to have cash in your account to buy it back. So when you short a stock, basically you are lending, you are telling your broker, hey, I believe this stock is going to fall I think it's going to fall so much that I'm going to lend your, I'm going to lend yours out. And then if it goes up, I'll buy it back. But if it goes down, you have to pick me the difference. This kind of so, so with the, with the short, um, obviously it's very risky because there is, there is no limit on how much you can lose, which is why a lot of these brokerages lost a lot of money and why there are a lot of people that are angry. Well, actually we'll get into that in a second, but I guess, does that basically clear that up? What I mean by online organizers and momentum trading? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess I'm just going to move on to why are people are so upset. And a lot of people are upset because they believe they're being unjustly stopped from exercising their financial freedom um, to invest in these stocks and these huge gains. And they're not allowed to because you can't buy on a lot of these trading um, trading brokerages and accounts. So, I mean, have you heard anything about that in your, your business school? Have you guys talked about that in your classes as all? Well? Like shorts and... Um, no, I guess just why people are so upset about this. Not yet. Um, I just had my first week of classes uh, this week, actually. Uh, but I'm, I'm certain we're going to get into it. You know, I'm taking a finance course right now, principles of finance. 
I'm taking a, you know, managerial accounting course right now. Shoot, I might ask my professors some things about this situation, especially mm-hmm. now that you're, you know, bringing up some things that are really, I need, I feel like I need to understand. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually kind of the, the second part of what I wanted to talk about was the underlying economic factors of kind of why people are, are so upset about this. So as somebody that's that's in the industry and and I you know have a have a degree in this I I know that there there is um, some unjust and there is some elitism in America and I feel like I understand capitalism or the quote unquote the the theory of capitalism pretty well just as I studied it so much but so basically the underlying causes of this is because a lot of people feel like they cannot exercise the economic freedom that some of these brokerage brokerages and hedge funds are able to exercise. And um, just kind of really quick, you know, economic oppression is is a very real form of oppression. And that is something that a lot of people in the United States are are suffering from right now, especially, you know, our entire labor force has been disrupted. And, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic. So basically money and assets or liquid assets um, which is money are, are more important now than ever. And a lot of people feel like on top of everything, you know, that is just additionally being restricted. And, you know, there there is actually um, like a, a word for this and people actually study this and it's it's called the wealth gap. Have you heard of this? The wealth gap between like the 1% and the rest of the people in this economy. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's So the wealth gap is kind of just the difference between different demographics. And I actually have some some numbers here. So this is the um, the most recent economic data that I was able to find, um, and this is from Q2 of 2020. So that's in the second quarter of 2020. And if you don't know how that is uh, broken up, it's kind of every every three months because um, three times four is 12 12 months in a year. Um, so this this would be from March to the end of June. Um, of 2020. And currently it's it's quarter one of 2021. So it also, it, just because of the enormity of the data, it's really hard. You know, there's just so much that there is normally a lag um, on this kind of stuff. So, so the bottom 50% of Americans uh, currently hold $2.11 trillion. That is on the whole, that's about 1.85% of the net worth of our nation. So just again, bottom 50% of people in America hold 1.85% of our nation's wealth. That's actually really, I don't know, that's just a lot to like fathom. Yeah, and it's it's even worse when, I tell you the second part of this, which is the top 10% hold 78.35 trillion, which is 69% of our nation's wealth. Just again, just to reiterate that, the bottom 50% of Americans hold 1.858% of our wealth and the top 10% hold 69% of our nation's wealth. So, and I mean, I personally, I'm assuming you too, Brandon, cause we're, uh, you're in college and I'm a recent grad myself. Uh, we're, we're in the bottom 50. There, there's no question on that. Um, the, you know, just something else to bring up the 50th to 90th percentile, which is 40%, they hold 29%. Of the nation's wealth. So <laughs> that is the 90% of 90% of Americans hold the 29.13% and the less than 2%. So actually, let me, I didn't calculate that out because um, I didn't realize that I was going to 
I guess have just explained it this way. Um, I'm just imagining like a pie and that's like 90% of Americans hold less than 30% of that pie. Yeah, it's actually, so, so basically what it, what it actually is, is 90% of Americans hold the 30.988% of our nation's wealth, whereas the top 10% holds 69, okay. which also in my economics classes, we kind of talk about this. Um, I, I can't cite this, um, the exact numbers at this moment, but it's something worth bringing up. The people that are in the top 1% are generally not the same people year over year, which means that if somebody is in the top 1% one year, it is statistically improbable that they will be in the top 1% next year because it is very hard um, to be in the top 1% maintain that level of wealth mm -hmm. and my company for example you know 2020 has obviously been an incredibly hard year for everybody um, a lot of the executives in my company there's been a lot of turnover um, the past couple of months just because i mean it's burnout is really what it is but you know they're just saying oh we're moving on to to new horizons and whatnot but yeah so it is it is very hard to do that and it's kind of one of those things where if you're in that, if you're at a top executive position, you're probably, that's probably all you do. You probably don't have a life outside of that. But also I kind of cited some, some big numbers. Um, so I just wanted to give you guys an, another additional tool just to visualize some of that, just because it's hard to visualize what millions, billions, and trillions are. Um, so I have this, I, I did not do these calculations. These are posted on the internet. They're pretty easy to find. Um, but just to kind of help you visualize the difference between 1 million, 1 billion, and 1 trillion. So if you basically put it into seconds, 1 million seconds is 11 and a half days. And 1 billion seconds is 31 and three quarters of a year. Again, as I say that again, $1 million, or I'm sorry, 1 million seconds is 11 and a half days. And a billion seconds is 31 point three, four years or 0.75 years. One trillion seconds is 31,710 years. <laughs> so That's it's, it's, it's pretty unfathomable, um, which, so like if even that, even though that is kind of unfathomable, one trillion seconds is 31,710 years. That is 158 times longer than recorded history yeah so it's just like incredibly large numbers and for you know a couple of people to have those kind of to have that kind of wealth in a capitalist society is kind of scary um so yeah th that's why a lot of people are upset is just because the wealth of our nation is not distributed fairly or evenly and you know as individuals we have we have absolutely no say in, in you know the status of the wealth that we're born into and that's why people are so upset. It's completely unfair and unjust. And there's no reason why 10% of people should have almost 70% of the wealth and the bottom 90 have 30 of it. Yeah, that that's just insane. And it's so hard to like, just picture it. Like, how did we, how did we get, allow ourselves to get to this point? It's a lot to think about. And it's also just something else that I want to say to those to the people that are trying really hard to, to basically be part of this momentum, because it can feel like a big moment in history because there's so many people that are causing these, these momentums to, to affect the stock price. And there's so many people jumping on this train 
you know, in order to hopefully be a part of history and just kind of like, that's all like make you depressed, but just kind of like to make sure that you really understand what's going on. You know, the New York Stock Exchange has been operating since 1876. And, you know, these kind of 100%, 200% gains, you know, they've been happening for people, you know, since then. And, you know, a lot of the times it's initial public offerings, which is when a stock initially becomes offered to the public. And, and you know, a lot of these things happen behind closed doors. And, you know, it's an exclusive club that very few, you know, get the opportunity to participate in which is why people are so eager to jump on these humongous gains. Cause I mean, like I said, it's almost unfathomable, you know, to, to even imagine a 300% increase, you know, in a, in a couple of days. So really quick, I just want to shout out if you're interested in looking into any more of this, this data before I kind of move on to my own personal opinions and stuff, the, the world bank is a good, a good resource that you could look into for information on the wealth gap. Again, that's called the World Bank. You know, they're, I think it's like worldbank.org. That is B-A-N-K. I don't know if I, if I clarified that, but yeah, World Bank. They basically are trying to end poverty in the world. That's kind of their goal. And they have a huge amount of economic data on that kind of stuff. And if you were like, if what I said kind of interests you and you were maybe like, oh, like economics is pretty cool. I'm just going to real quick direct you to this um, one person and her name is Dr. Deirdre McCloskey. And she kind of talks about um, like how much wealth the average person has had since the industrial revolution. So, and her, she's really cool. You know, basically I know that we've said a lot of numbers here, but basically she kind of in her work say that it's the average person today is like, is 17,000% better off than they were wow. um, in the industrial revolution, which. I have a question though. Yo, what, what exactly is wealth? Like, how would you define yeah, it? Yeah, so, so that's a good question, Brandon. So wealth is basically the amount of capital and assets and the ability to, to get capital and other assets. So that, that second part is not as important, but it's kind of important. So for example, my wealth would be considered as all the money that I have in my banking account plus everything that I own. I and um, that would include all of the stocks that I own. It would include my TV and my Xbox, you know, things like that. That's, that's just me as a person. Like for example, if you were a, like a, somebody that had very wealthy parents, that wealth would also include um, the stocks that your parents had bought because you can pass those on. So that kind of capital or those kind of assets that can be passed on like that are not taxed when they are passed from person to person. So like if I wanted to give Brandon my shares of Apple, they would not be taxed on me giving them to him. But if I sold them, I would be taxed on it. So that's how massive amounts of wealth can get transferred from person to person. I, cause you know, the reason I asked that is because today I, I was in my finance lecture and I was called naive by my professor because he asked the question, um, what is it, what is a CEO supposed to do? Like, what is the, what is the purpose of the, of the CEO? Sorry, the, the CFO. Um, and, and I said, um, to maximize profits, you know, that's what I kind of learned in prior classes, but he was like, no, it's not to maximize profits. It's actually to maximize wealth. Um, and it's just, it's something that kind of hit me today. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. So if you're in one of those, like, so for example, if you are trying the, the difference that he was trying to make is that if you maximize profit, that is cash that you are bringing in, which is a taxable asset, which is, it's also 
I mean, obviously it's the most useful right now because we're quote unquote in a recession and having flexibility and assets is um, very, it's, it's very nice to have. It's, it's more important in, in times of uncertainty. But for example, you know, you can have assets that are tax deductible and you can have like, there are also like, there are ways that, I mean, there's just endless possibilities, but basically like, for example, there are other ways that you can have, I'm just, I'm trying to figure like word this properly. There are other ways that you can grab assets without it directly affecting the cash that you have at the end of the year, like an acquisition, for example, like an acquisition of another company. And like that doesn't, you don't necessarily have to buy another company with cash. I mean, that's the most common, but like, let's say you have a division of your company that is underperforming and has been underperforming for years. And you just so happen to have a buddy that's in an executive and he is in desperate need of a team like this. And you say, Hey, I'll give you this whole division, all of these people, but you give me one of your divisions, you know, in exchange. And that would directly make the companies, both companies better off without having those gains be taxable or even known because they might not have to disclose that. Yeah. Could be a competitive, competitive advantage. My professor also mentioned that profits can be manipulated. They Um, absolutely can. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So this is like the example that's coming to my mind most, I mean, it just came to the top of my mind is uh, bad debt, for example. What is bad debt? That's like debt that you are expecting is not going to get paid back um, or it probably will, but not in a timely manner. Yeah, absolutely. So what, so what would you say is, is bad debt a loss? Um, it can be in, in certain cases, but uh, not necessarily. Yeah. So bad debt, for example, is basically just debt that you're not going to collect on and that can directly impact the amount of money that your company gets taxed. Because, for example, with bad debt, is it's expensed and its assets, or that's not. I was trying to think of an accounting thing, but I, I can't remember that. Basically, expenses get taken off of your bottom line. So, because you have more expenses, therefore your profit margin is is lower because you have more expenses. Does that? I guess that's a bad way of saying it. that's. I explained that poorly. <laughs> Let me, re- let me redo that. <laughs> so bad debt is an expense. So that means that in order to become profitable, you have to surpass your expenses. So bad debt you basically is a non-issue for you because you obviously know year over year, you're going to have a certain percent of bad debt. And bad debt can directly impact your expenses, which can make, which can inflate your expenses, which can deflate profits. So like, let's say for example, you're a company and you're like, oh my gosh, we have had an absolutely incredible year, um, but we don't want to, but the administration passed a bad tax or a tax law that would make you have to pay an unusual amount of taxes. You can say, hey, go sell to anybody and everybody. I don't care if we can get this money in because we've had such a good year. We need to protect what we've got. So therefore right. the bad debt would be increased therefore increasing the expenses, which would make them less profitable, even though that cash was still coming in. I see. So that's one way that it could be manipulated. Well, okay. <laughs> so this is, is quickly turned into a, a business podcast. 
<laughs> uh, but really quick, I just want to say some things before we move on to Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of Illusion Age, Definitive Edition S. <laughs> um, real quick, I just want to make sure that everybody um, is, is very careful with their money out there. You know, my, my personal opinion on the situation is that this kind of balances out the powers a little bit. And because of that, it's going to make the fundamentals of investing even more important, which the fundamentals of investing, some of the, which you can Google those on your own, but basically it's investing for the long-term, invest based on intrinsic value, which is the, the real value. And trying not to get caught up in the hype. Um, I just don't want you to, to lose your money on this, trying to manipulate the market and putting your own assets at risk just because that's like really real money. And, you know, we as gamers, it just feels like sometimes even with the gaming world, we just spend so much money. And I, I don't want you to, to be caught up in this because you're like, oh, I know GameStop. Like I'm, I'm familiar with the industry. Like I, I think maybe I could make some money on this. I, I would really, I'm really going to recommend you strongly recommend strongly that you don't do that. Um, you know, cause trying to manipulate the market like this is it's kind of like trying to move a mountain, uh, one grain of sand at a time, you know, the system's really stacked against you. Yeah. And, you know, I really just want everyone to be careful. And I mean, of course I want the people to succeed, you know, I mean, obviously I want that. And I do feel like we're all economically oppressed and, you know, that feels you know, economic oppression is really real. Um, it's just as real form as any other. And, you know, we're free people. And as free people, you know, we really have to stand up against all forms of oppression. And it's our duty to stand against those wrongs, you know, and I want our, our world to be the best, you know, and we, you know, one way that we can do that is by righting the wrongs of the past, you know, but trying to manipulate GameStop stuff, it's just, it's not it. Um, it's not the sword that you should fall on. And the ability to have fair and equal trades you know, is, is very important, but it's, it's a pawn in this game of trying to get economic freedom for all. And it's not the fight that really matters. And I just wanted to promise you all that the time will come when we have to all stand together and fight, you know, for the freedoms of our world. But this is just not it. <laughs> and just please be safe with your money. And if you're an in inexperienced investor um, with like little knowledge or self-taught knowledge, just please just let this, you know, work out on its own and just try and be safe with your money. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I just want to reiterate that um, if you can't buy it twice, I wouldn't suggest buying it in the first place. You know, and that, that kind of goes for a lot of things. I, I was hearing a lot of stories of people like selling their last like assets and like just really putting their their bets on this on this GameStop stock. And it's it's just sad to hear, you know, because there's just so many other things that require money and for you to try and like go against this is, is like you said, like trying to move a mountain, you know, hedge funds have a hard time. Yeah, I think you were saying the hedge funds have a hard time with this. And... Yeah, they do. You know, they, they have a hard time and, and you know, to, for you to think like as a person that you can, try and, and do these things it's just kind of silly you know i there are people who actually like are in positions to invest and, and can do these things and choose not to because they just don't have the knowledge of, of doing it like i was talking to my mentor last week um and you know he's decently well off but he was telling me how 
he stays away from the market because he just doesn't have an idea what he's doing and he doesn't want to lose his money. And, you know, that's coming from someone who actually has, you know, a decent amount of money. So, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, just don't do it. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, it's just so immensely complicated and not one person will ever truly know. And it is, it is just so complicated. So um, if you are looking to invest just real quick, I'll, I am actually, you know, going to give Robin Hood a shout out here. Now, before I do, Robin Hood is absolutely not the hero and they are absolutely not the villains of this story. I know that there are a lot of people that are like saying that some of these Robin Hood execs should get arrested. They had no control in, in stopping the trading both times because that's just D- a platform. Right. Because the DTCC made them up their collateral and the actual New York Stock Exchange made them halt it yesterday. So just, <laughs> um, so they're there. I mean, they're not the villains here, but they're also not the heroes and they are absolutely making money off of you and they are owned by a hedge fund. So just like keep that all in mind. But if you were like, hey, I think that Apple's a good investment. I want to put $5 in Apple. Robinhood gives you the ability to like actually put like literally five dollars in and buy a fraction of a share. I have done that with a couple of things. Also, I feel like I should give a disclosure. I own some Apple stock. <laughs> I just kind of use those as use that as some examples today. But so like like I said, you know, I mean, everybody has skin in this game. Yeah, totally. I mean, and, and if you are going to own stock, I would suggest like investing in things that you actually use in your daily life and like. Blake and I both have Apple products, you know, so it it would make sense for us to actually be invested in the company if, you know, Mm. we plan to like keep purchasing their products. You know, I have the, I have the iPhone, I have the Apple watch, I have a MacBook. So it's like, at this point, I'm invested in the company, whether or not I own a share or not. So just owning a share is like that added like layer of, of, um, you know, just kind of makes sense. You know, if you, you own a, a, a car that's, you know, manufactured by Ford, you know, and, and you plan to get another one if your car does break down or, you know. I'm also a shareholder of Ford. You know, it just, <laughs> it makes sense to be invested in these things because you kind of already are invested into them. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and really quick, just to kind of end this segment and move back on to our, our video game podcast, uh, we have a little, little mascot of the show. We, Named him, named him last episode or two episodes ago. We named him Gengar. <laughs> that is our <laughs> little engine that could. He's a one single stock of st- of Sony that we have <laughs> we bought from the pod. And uh, uh, you know, I hate to say it, Brandon, because I, I kind of said like two or three episodes ago, don't buy this because it's it's at an all time high. Hey man, it's at a nineteen year high today, and it is. It's up 10.64% since I bought it. (laughs) There there we go, folks. Gengar is not the cursed Pokemon. It's just, it's not a cursed stock. Well, we don't know about that yet. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, well, Gengar is doing all right for now. That's good news, man. I'm glad to hear that. I'm really glad to hear that. And um, well, I got to I got to get me some gengars in my portfolio <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the curse stock <laughs> so. Yeah. so brandon 
What have you been playing, man? I am so excited to move this podcast along away from our uh, our business session. <laughs> all the financial stuff. And hey, I, I for one, really appreciate all the financial stuff. I feel like I'm learning a ton from you, just extracting like knowledge. And yeah, you're like a great I, person I for me to that. learn also, from. Also appreciate you giving me a platform, man, because that, you know, I mean, some of that is not apolitical, but, you know, some of that has some, I mean, I, the economic education that I had really, you know, affected my political views. So I'm not apolitical in, in that aspect. So thanks for, thanks for letting me say what I did. Dude, thank you. You know, and I, I definitely do agree that like people in general should just be more financially aware. Like you were saying, we are like economically oppressed and just, it starts with just knowing, having knowledge and being able to like be aware of your situation. And also like real quick on that, like if you were somebody that is like economically oppressed, man, don't, don't feel bad about it. Like you, like, please do not feel bad about your like financial situation unless you have like a gambling addiction in which like gambling on stocks can also be part of that, in which case you should get some help. But I think you, I think you might've cut out there. So do you want to say that one more time? Yeah. If you, if you guys are listening or any gamblers listening, please stop gambling. For your for your own sake, I know it's easier said than done, but yeah, there are definitely stop. resources out there that can help you. And you know, a couple of years ago, there was somebody that won the Nobel Prize in economics, and they basically had this paper that said that no matter where you are on the economic spectrum, no matter who you are, a certain portion of your um, expenses and a certain portion of how you spend your money is going to be irrational. I'm like just based on like. I just want to do this because I want to do it. And like everybody, like if you were like, I want to do something so bad and I just don't have the money to do it. Like, like obviously like that's fine. But like, if you do like, please don't feel bad about it, you know, because the system is not set up for you to, you know, like succeed. Yeah. And you know, we all like, everybody has to spend money to have fun, you know, but I mean, obviously like be smart, but. To live. It seems like every day that I'm getting older, I'm just realizing like, holy cow, this is really expensive. <laughs> just being, just having another day here is like really expensive. And I try and make budgets so hard to stick to budgets. Yeah, man. Especially when you're, when you're working with, you know, working with much. Yep. Yeah, man, I get that. I'm, I mean, like I personally, I have been, I mean, I personally have a lot of student loans and I do not have to pay those off right now because of, or I don't have to make payments on a monthly basis, you know, right now. And that is, that is like so much money that I'm saving. And on top of that, I don't have to commute, which to commute in New York city is like a hundred dollars a month or over a hundred dollars a month. How much is a Metro card nowadays, Brandon? $2 and 75 cents a swipe. Yeah. And then if you get it on a monthly basis, it's It's like one thirty-one plus tax. Yep. So that is uh, that's expensive. And like, you just need those to be able to ride the trains and, you know, honestly, like that is super cheap compared to if you were out in a, out in a urban area, you know, you'd be having a car that would be gas, you know, insurance payments, payments on the car. So it's expensive to live in a first world country. It really is. It's expensive to be alive. And that's why you should be really wise about your, your money and, and just try your best to, to be 
rational with it. Yeah. But as far as what I've been playing, <laughs> I do. I'm excited. Playing. I I personally know you've been playing, and I just dude, Dragon Quest, baby. Dude, oh. Dragon Quest. I've been loving that game, and I'm gonna give you guys like a a really wholesome review. I've also been playing some Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. You know, I've been talking Go about that, that a lot recently. Been moving up in that, getting some new cop cars catching these racers i kind of i know i said i like the racers more but now i think i like being a cop you know taking down all these racers and i'm pretty sure you said you liked being a cop more last time okay okay sorry so do you like being a racer more or are you still still sticking no no still sticking with the cop i I love just having (laughs) the the tools and stuff it's a little harder to be a racer i'm not gonna lie you know these racers are really good and to get first place, which is like what you have to do to move on and get more, unlock more races, mm-hmm. um, is just super hard. But yeah, I still, those, I still those racing games. Those racing games are tough. They really are, and they can be discouraging as t- at times. And you know, when I get discouraged, I'll go and hop on some shield and try and fill out that decks, man. Yeah, I am playing shield now trying to finish that out i currently have like six badges on shield because i restarted it when blake got his copy of sword so i've been kind of like playing my own little route Which, uh, through the game pretty sure we're gonna be talking about pokemon next week yeah we we are we're gonna have a really extensive episode for you guys coming soon because i uh i beat the game <laughs> <laughs> you beat it entirely and i heard you also got the expansion pad so i, I hear did i did get all the expansion about pad. that i'm excited to tell you about it man i have i have some takes i, I would do some things differently if i could, if i could go back so i'm so stoked to hear about that and but, yeah do we gotta talk about dragon's quest i dude i can just tell that you were just so excited to talk about this dude, break it down <laughs> for me saving the best last all right so there are role-playing games and then there's dragon quest you know it's <laughs> Square Enix, they're the developers behind this. Man, they they really respected the ways of this 35-year-old franchise. That's right. I said 35 years. That's older than both Blake and I. So that's a really old franchise. And you play as a mute protagonist that uh, prophecies say will secede the last hero. The Illuminary. The Illuminary, yes. Dope-ass necklace. From your mama. <laughs> and a nice tattoo on your hand. It's like oh, a, yeah, I forgot about that. It's really sick. And in a twist of fate, the boy's royal birthright is snatched from him. On the day he becomes an adult, he finally discovers his true heritage. And um, when he goes to the king of the largest kingdom for guidance, he is... Oh, don't tell me. I'm just kidding. I, I had this part <laughs> spoiled for me. I know what happens. I'm not quite at this point in the game yet. But I know it happened, so I just you go right ahead. <laughs> he, but spoiler alert he for is dubbed coming up. <laughs> dark spot. The king the king calls him the dark spot and you know he, he banishes him from Heliodor. He's like, You guys are criminals, get out of here. And so so begins the perilous journey of a hunted hero and the ragtag band of adventurers who will join him on this quest to set things right. Together they explore the towns and terrain of the sprawling, detailed land of Erdrea. Which is a Mon- dope name, by the way. Yeah, Erdrea. I love that name. I wonder how they came up with it. It's also, like, absolutely stunningly beautiful. And the landscape is just, like, so awesome. So well done. Like, the artists really took their time with this and, and made sure that 
we have a good experience. They really did it justice, you know? Yeah, the, the land of Erdrea just feels so huge and vast to me. And I mean, I'm not as far into it as Brandon, but it just feels like, oh, it feels huge. Which, I mean, is a good thing for some people, bad thing for some people, but yeah, it's definitely right. big. And if it's, you know, if it's too much for you, you just miss the old ways, you can go to a church or one of the prayer statues and switch to 2D mode. Go back yeah, to the OG ways. And, you know, monsters roam free, so they can catch you lacking. You can be walking, not paying attention, looking through your bag, um, and they'll come at you. They'll come at you, and you got to fight them. And, you know, it's turn-based combat. You got to You choose. can kind of avoid some of the attacks too, can't you? Yeah, you totally can. You totally can avoid some of the monsters and the attacks. You really, like, the turn-based combat makes you like have to be strategic you have to know when to attack you have to know when to yield or use magic and when to switch the orders that you give your party members um you know there's this part called tactics where you can kind of make uh strategies on the fly for how you're going to take down an enemy and as you do you'll earn skill points which can be used to improve your partner's attacks spells and their abilities and you can also collect materials so that you can forge weapons armor and accessories in that really cool mini forge you take it everywhere with you so you can as you collect things as you collect things you can kind of you know build armor you can improve weapons you can reforge things uh it's really really cool and customizable and if you're looking for a specific item then help people out with side quests you know there are tons of side quests or maybe try your hand at the casino for my gamblers out there you yeah know? gamble gamble in games <laughs> <laughs> gamble in games pokemon not stocks <laughs> <laughs> i like that I like that. We might have to put that in like an episode notes. We have to. <laughs> Erdrea is jam-packed with surprises and the player gets to decide how they want to play it. You know, 3D, 2D. You can also change the soundtrack, which is something that I really appreciate. You can have like the OG, old Dragon Quest music playing. You know, I've actually, I've heard about this. I've heard... Is there like something off about the the like the music that they had with it originally or something? I mean, they, they have a new soundtrack, which is great. You know, they, they did a good job at it, but it's just a little too like new for some people. Some people like really like the old Dragon Quest music. It really gives them nostalgia like myself. I know that I, I enjoy having the old soundtrack. Um, but on that note as well, you can also choose the language in which you want the audio to play in. Um, the you know the language mm, in which mm-hmm. you want them to speak in and I chose Japanese because I love watching anime and I love watching it in Japanese like the language it was intended to be watched in and just have my subtitles and I you can do that in the game as well which I really really appreciate and I will say that the progression is really slow a lot like Breath of the Wild you're gonna have to really play through a big hump before you can really get to the like good parts of the game well not good parts but like the you can get so you can actually see the game for what it is mm-hmm. um and once you're past that initial uphill it's all downhill from there you're in for one hell of a ride i promise you that so strap in and get yourself a copy of this title you surely won't regret it if you're a fantasy head like blake or i yeah definitely and real quick um you can do what i'm doing and just play the demo which the demo is free and you can play the demo for up to 10 hours of actual gameplay. So, and you can do that for free. 
And then the only, I mean, the only bad side about, I guess the only downside of um, having the demo is that you can't switch it to the 2D version, which is, and I, I bet you can't, I bet you probably couldn't switch the music to if I had to guess. Um, so there yeah. are some limit, like some limitations to it. But. Yeah, they'll probably like limit you. And then 10 hours, like if you're new to the franchise, I doubt you're going to get past that like initial hump. Um, yeah, and I kind of, I kind of took, I took a step back. Uh, me personally, I'm kind of on, I'm on the way to the castle right now. That's kind of where I'm at. You're headed to Heliodor to meet the king. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going. I, I mean, I kind of, like I said, what happens when you get there? I mean, that had already been spoiled for me. But I mean, like most people consider that like the very beginning of the game, which I mean, how long did it take you to get there and do that? It you took me a while to... myself, you know, and I haven't experienced it because I just, I know what Dragon Quest is like. And, and it's one of those where you have to take your time. You have to grind out mobs and collect yeah. items, explore the world. Yeah, from, from what I found out that it the the game really rewards you for taking your time and like going and checking different people out and really exploring and yeah, you know, which is which you know, I personally love that. I love playing games like that where you have to like actually look in every nook and cranny and like think about what cool mechanics you know you could use to solve puzzles and and stuff like that. And you know, I love that personally. So I'm really excited for it. I did kind of, I did kind of bounce though, because I, I felt <laughs> it's kind of funny, probably a little bit on brand, uh, but I felt really bad for leaving that girl in my village behind, <laughs> which <laughs> Dude, that's probably a stupid adorable. way to, to get off that, but or a <laughs> stupid reason to stop. But I was just like, man, like I just felt, I felt bad. I didn't want to, I didn't want to <laughs> leave her behind. I was like, dude, just ask her to hop on the back of your horse. You're the illuminary. You're the chosen one, pal. Yeah, but um, can, can you tell me? Do they ever? Do they ever meet back up? Yeah, actually, pretty recently after you go to Heliodor, you gotta God, go dude. back. And I don't think I could do it without. I mean, we just, you know, we've been together since you know we were kids in the same village. You yeah. know, we became you know adults together. We did the challenge, right? <laughs> you gotta go back to see. Um, you gotta go back to your town, your hometown, to see Mom Dukes after. After um, I see the king. Yeah, and um, you gotta like let her know, like, hey, mom. I'm leaving for a really long time. And um, yeah, you see her oh, again. You do? Oh, damn, that's sad. Yeah. But you take, As, you take, you take your girl with you? No, you don't. Oh, what? You guys, you guys part ways, but it's to my understanding that you will see each other again. Ah, uh, that's you bogus. You will see each other again. Uh, I'm not happy. I thought she was going to become a party member, party member, Brandon. I'm not sure if she will. Um, I'm so excited to unlock more party members. Right now, I only have Eric. So, but there are some really cool. Is that party the main character to unlock? Yeah, I think he's one of the like protagonists with you. Besides, like, the what, what's your character's name called? You're the silent protagonist. What's his name? Mine is just BP. Oh, <laughs> that's what they call me at work. <laughs> BP. <laughs> yeah. That's what I have you in my phone. I actually have you Brandon in quotation marks. BP. <laughs> you can't, yeah, you can't like forget that. It's just so simple. So yeah, you can't call me BM though, because that's about <laughs> that's or baby mama. I like that better, baby mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. <man>. Well, <laughs> just indirectly called myself a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, 
this is one hell of an episode, man. I feel like we're getting a good balance. Yeah, man. I I'm really I'm really kind of I feel like I'm getting down on myself for talking about the business. And all I wanted to do is talk about Dragon Quest, man. I'm really excited, dude. How how many hours do you think that you're? How many hours do you think you're into this? I'm only about like five, six hours in, because mm. I it tells you your playtime when you save. Yeah. And um, I've gotten past the. I just got past this part that I told you I was stuck in last time. I was stuck mm-hmm. there for a while, but I finally did it. Um, yeah. I just I had to just take my time. Was with this it. the first boss, basically? Is, uh, yeah, pretty much. I had to fight like these twin griffins. Uh, and man, they were pretty mean, pretty mean looking, but I got pepped up. Do you know what pep powers are? No, I, I haven't, haven't discovered that. So pep powers are when, you know, you and your party, you mm. know, you guys get this blue aura around you and you unlock this really cool, like move sets mm-hmm. that are really powerful and, um, your critical hit chances increase by 5%. And yeah, I, luckily I got pepped up just in time to beat those two Griffin brothers and, took him down and i snatched the red orb and nice now man. now i gotta i wonder what i ought to do with that red orb yeah i think that right now there's a lot of questions i have unanswered about this game but you know something that also that it kind of it kind of bummed me out um when i discovered this and i'm just gonna i'm, I'm wondering if it's good well i'm wondering if it's a big deal now that you've played it for six hours I do not like having to make it to a save point to be able to save and quit the game. Like me personally, like that's one of the reasons that I love Pokemon is so much is I can just stop. If I played for one minute or if I played for an hour, I can just like pause it, save it. And then boom, I'm done. I also like you can do with breath of the wild. And I mean, it's not the biggest deal, but like, especially like for me right now, I'm living out of my suitcase and, you know, just being conscious in the moment is really important to me you know, with the people that I'm around physically. So my real time in real life is more important to me. And sometimes I feel like that game mechanic can really take away from a good game. And that's definitely can. But has it it bothered you at all now that you're into it this much? Yeah. I I mean, I was just thinking about playing like before, because I was a little early to like set up my stuff for this episode. And I was just going to bring my switch up and play. Then I was like, wait, if I start playing, I do something, I'm gonna have to go find it, you know, a prayer statue then to save. And yeah, it's something that I have to be conscious about. But the, like I was gonna say, there is an autosave feature that's really cool. I think I have that turned on as well. It regularly autosaves, but it's just not as good um, about yeah, autosaving. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, maybe I just, we have to go into settings and like make it autosave like a certain amount of times. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. Um, if some of them in the game but i mean i don't think that i'm sure that there's not like an auto save kind of function where it's like just because there are so many statues and churches you know spread out you know it kind of yeah. seems like that's like a mechanic that they like intentionally put there and you know i think that you know it's such a big game they probably did do that intentionally they're like you have to if you're going to play this you have to commit to it and sometimes yeah. that i mean obviously like i said sometimes that can really take away um you know and it just makes it a a different kind of game to play you know it really does change really does change it i don't know it's a mechanic that i find really helps me stay focused though yeah you know i mean it has its it has its pros and cons and like most of the time i don't mind that at all but like when i'm in a a situation where my time is is really valued like you know some weeks you're busier than others and you know in some situations you're busier than others i mean like 
like us personally, we play a lot of games, you know, especially for this podcast where like me, I'm, you know, trying to be more conscious of my time in real life to the people around me. And, you know, the new games take up a huge amount of time. So for me in this moment, I'm like, that's more important to me. But in a month when I'm back in my New York City apartment without the people and people around me, I'm probably, it's probably going to be a different story. Yeah, man. I'm excited for us to keep moving forward on this and keep updating the good old folks that listen to our Sticky Buttons pod on our progress, man, because this is a game that I see myself exploring even three months from now, four months from now. Yeah, man, um, I think it's just, just gonna, so I think it's to gonna do. Be... There's just so much to do. And um, I just recently got a, a hold of the forge feature and um, like actually learned how to forge things. So if you have a question about that, I can help you with that. And it's such a cool feature. I took Eric's dagger and I improved it. And yeah, man, it's just yeah, like- Feel little... free to send us an email if you have any questions about this game or anything. You can reach us at the sticky buttons pod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at the sticky. I don't really know what our, our Instagram tagline is, but you can find us on <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. Uh, feel free to send us pod. Sticky buttons pod. DM us. Yeah, we. I mean, we'd love to have uh, love to have some listener feedback, listener questions. Uh, the most recent email that we got was from Apple, and they basically said, "Have a good Valentine's Day and shop for the people that you love." Well, with us here at Apple. So thanks, thanks Apple. Apple. that's so heartfelt they're totally thinking about us not our money that was so (laughs) personal thanks apple (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i can really see us you know kind of playing like one big rpg together you know as as, you know this show kind of progresses you know like we said um brandon's you know played pokemon before and beaten it and i just or the the newest the newest gen gen eight pokemon sword and shield you know yeah. we're going to be talking about that next episode so i can really see us you know kind of playing one or two big rpgs you know and kind of move through those and you know keep you guys updated as well as like some other smaller games i've definitely got some other things on the horizon that we're going to talk about i'm super excited about you know brandon's got some things too i'm, I'm excited to see if he flips on this hotline miami and becomes the number one speed racer out there <laughs> i he just did. might don't sleep on me don't sleep <laughs> on me right now you know i don't have all the good cards that i need but i as i go unlocking them you know i'm definitely gonna step up my game in the streets get my bounty up yeah definitely man he's gonna go he's gonna go full-on dirty cop here in about two weeks <laughs> that's my prediction i wonder i wonder what's like the storyline there like am i like a racer who's also a cop but just Am I just like a cop that takes down racers, but I like race on my free time? I wonder how that works. It'd be really interesting. Man, to see what, if they, what if like in Fast and Furious, one of those people were was a cop the whole time? Oh no! Actually, they kind of they kind of did that. That's yeah. that's what the Rock. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to disclose which one that was. But I mean, it's pretty easy to know which Fast and Furious that was. It was the only one with the rock. Have you seen any of those recently? Have they made any new ones? I mean, obviously, like I hope not. Walker, you know, but I think they should just stop where they are right now, and no more Fast and Furiouses for maybe another decade, <laughs> and then just start again, start start new. Yeah, it's hey, my opinion. You can send us an email. Let us know if there's anything cool you guys are checking out. Um, any 
movies you guys are checking out? You just you don't want to just want to yeah, give us recommend a us some movies. Any any games or anything like that? Just feel free to let us know. We'd love to love to chat to you guys about it. So, on the note of movies, have you been watching any movies recently, Blake? Um, I mean, not really, man. Uh, just because I'm I'm so busy, I I really try and try and limit myself to to the old video games, and I I've really kind of given up watching TV and movies um, for for this podcast. But uh, me and my girlfriend had a couple couple movie nights recently and that those are really special just because you know i mean it it makes it feel more special just because i haven't been watching them definitely it's the same here for me it's so hard for me to like sit down and watch a movie myself but when i do it's like my girlfriend and i will get on zoom and watch a movie together um it's like one of the few ways we get to spend time together these days and um yeah last night we were watching um we started watching split by M. Night Shyamalan. Have you watched that? No, I haven't even heard of it. I don't it's even a, know what that is at all. It's it's about this guy with like personality disorder. Oh, but he's, he's like a borderline I, superhuman. Yeah, I think I know what that is. He likes like he's like has like different personalities. He's like a horror kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't like those, man. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't do I don't do the horror. I don't do the horror. I, I love horrors. I would, I mean, I don't mind horror video games, but the horror movies, I just feel like are just, I don't know. They just like freak me out in a way and I like can't sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I used to be the same way, but it's like one of those things. It's like an acquired taste, like spicy food. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Dude, do you play any horror video games? Um, I used to play Five Nights at Freddy's uh, back in the day. That was a really interesting one. Um, What else? I, f- I think zombies is a horror, you know, yeah, like if you, s- could be. you know, if you sit like a little kid in front of that, like they're just like, Oh yeah. This? They can definitely be scary. At t- especially like I normally turn the volume like down or off just, but like, if you have the volume on like, man, it can be creepy and it can really unnerve you. <laughs> I, I really enjoy the fact, like the detail that the audio engineers put into that, like, there's different sounds that the zombies make and it's oh, great it's it's, it's really great yo um, dude actually man i i have actually played one horror game recently that i kind of want to highlight i so obviously it's february and spooky season is october so i guess it was four months ago hey which, it's always spooky season over here yeah dude we, <laughs> we should actually check out this game because i'm it, pretty sure that it's on the switch i'm pretty sure it's on playstation and xbox and i'm pretty sure it's on mobile too have you okay so the game is called inside have you heard of it have not inside oh, man. It, it i guess it's not really it's not a horror game i guess it's more of like a it's like a spooky kind of it's like an indie game but it's an indie side scroller and it's like super spooky and creepy yeah here let me see so yeah you can get it um for four dollars on the playstation store right now i have it on the xbox store Uh, i'm pretty sure you can download it on yeah so it's kind of like a side scroller and i mean like honestly i'm i'm not really sure what the entire story is but it is definitely unnerving and you are a kid and if anybody sees you like they kill you or kidnap you and there are like dogs and like the dogs can kill you and it's just like absolutely oh, no. insane. 
it's it's kind of like a puzzle side scroller but it's in like black and i mean it's not it's not all black and white but i guess you can actually i think they have a demo for free on the app store yeah go check that out folks go check out inside and we'll definitely cover that on an a future episode for you guys. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit confused now. There's also a game called Limbo, which is out. I can't wait till Halloween time and we can cover a bunch of scary games. Yes. Okay. So really quick, just an update on this. If you are looking to play Inside, or if you have played Inside before, they actually have a new game out called Limbo, which looks even spookier. But yeah, it's basically looks like the same kind of vibe. It's like a black and white grayscale kind of spooky side scroller and it, it does really a really good job it's like an indie developer hit because there are moments of like high intensity where like if you mess up like it's over for you and like those high moments are just so heightened because they're just so intense but it yeah. also like it's balanced out so well because there are like really mellow moments where you're like i have no idea what's going on and i have to figure out this puzzle but it's also like very creepy and unnerving. That reminds me of uh, another game. I used to play a horror game. I would play with my friends a lot. Are you familiar with Friday the 13th on PlayStation and Xbox? I have not, no. This is, I mean, honestly, this game inside is pretty much the only and like first, it's like game that I, game experience that I have in this, in this genre. And also really quick, some of the prices that I was citing, like $13 for this inside, that is actually $13 for both Limbo and Inside, which okay. are indie developers. So, I mean, that's awesome. You're looking for like a spooky game. But so, what was Friday, Friday the 13th? What was that? So, have you ever seen the movie uh, Friday the 13th? No, I have not. It's I mean, like, like, obviously, I know like Friday the 13th is supposed to be like Cursor. Or, like or is, the, this, is this the one where it's like the. Just like a freaky Jason. Friday thing. There's like a killer Jason, and um, his mom drowned him. I think, or she tried to drown him, and he like survived, and then he became like a killer. And um, yeah, there there is a bunch of teenagers. They go to a cabin in the woods, and um, Jason doesn't like that, and he's gonna kill them. And you have to you have to play as these characters and try and someone plays as jason and you have to like get try and get away from him and it's it's a really fun um game because you can you can escape if you play as a team and you like defeat jason um in time but more often than not jason won and uh it's fun to play both perspectives um it's really scary because you just don't know where he is. He can like, you can turn a corner and he'll pop out on you. It's, dude, honestly, we got it. We got to try that. I feel like you would really enjoy Friday the 13th. Yeah, man. I, I would, I would really be down for that. I would, <laughs> honestly, I don't know if there's a way that we could do this, but I feel like I would be extra down to play like a spooky game, like maybe like a co-op game or something like that's where we both could kind of like, or we could even maybe once coronavirus is, is all said and done and we can meet up in person maybe like we could go life for life on like a stream or something where pass yeah, the controller man. back and forth have you heard of a game called left for dead i have heard of that i was also going to bring up another one dude it's crazy that we've never talked about this this entire genre before but like i, I think i have the game dead space on dead like space. a 360 that disc familiar 
Yeah. So I think isn't Left 4 Dead like a zombie game where it's like a linear path kind of thing? Yeah, it's a zombie game, but it's like one hell of a story. I love the writing on Left 4 Dead. And did you ever play any of the Last of Uses? Last of Us. Yep. Did you play the Last of Us? Did you play Part One or Part Two? Um, I think I played two, and I I got it for free on the Xbox Marketplace. Shout out Xbox, Microsoft. They have that. I thought it was a PlayStation exclusive. Um, I might I might be bugging and it yeah it has to be playstation that makes a lot more sense really fun game i really enjoyed that story and i feel like we can't get into that now but because i feel i mean i feel like that took the world for storm but i mean i never played the first one so yeah there's so much on on that genre man i'm excited to explore that we should we should say stay tuned for october sticky buttons podcast this coming season we're gonna come hard with the with the horror games and Yeah, might even might even bring it up a little bit beforehand, but it's coming at you. Yeah, you know we we've been making some changes over here at the Sticky Buns podcast. Uh, recently, Brandon has started pretty much editing exclusively. Yeah, so shout out to you, man. Um, before that, it has been me doing that, but I'm really I'm excited to pass on the torch. And in that time frame, you know, a lot of you know you will know if you've been listening. We kind of record and post at a little bit of a lag. And that lag is kind of going down. So I think we're about three weeks ahead of, we record three weeks ahead of when we post right now. Um, you know, that might change in the future, but just yeah. something to, to keep a heads up. So now that we had kind of have that like system in place, you know, we kind of can plan out the future a little bit better. And, you know, so we might even be able to, to announce some things. So like, for example, next week we will be talking about Pokemon Sword and Shield. So if you have any questions about Pokemon Sword and Shield, like feel free to send us an email about that at the Sticky Buns Pod. And yeah, we will not get those emails because that didn't. That, my math was wrong there. So <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking like, wait, yeah, yeah, no. We, next week we're recording work. it. Yeah, next week we're recording it. And uh, yeah, well, we'll catch up that. soon. I'm I'm really getting good at this. Uh, editing process you know I'm dude learning. you're absolutely killing it man i i feel like i was not that good at it but i can't wait till sunday this sunday i'm gonna drop episode 12 on you guys got some good good content coming at you there and then already there... editing the episode after that which is 13 we're currently recording episode 16, 16. for you guys so i'm stoked to just take this you know take this process and just see where I can go with it. See how quickly and efficiently I can do it and hopefully catch up for you guys. And if I get really good at it, we can spend more time dropping some more content for you guys. You know, yeah, some definitely. live streams. Get on the channel. You know, we do have the sticky buttons pod channel on YouTube. We um, we currently don't have anything on that, but I think that you know we should probably change that, dude. We should probably put a little Pokemon fight up there or something. Just something small. Something, something for the fans, you know, to subscribe show us some fan love and you know yeah we're also like we're trying to grow right now so if you know if you want if you like our podcast like feel free to share with a friend you know the more support that we have on this the more we can do other things as well and you know just thanks to thanks to all you guys that are supporting you guys have been a very very silent audience but we (laughs) we can see (laughs) we can see who are listening so thank you and like honestly like please like feel free to reach out like it is totally okay for you to send us a message, send us an email. And like, even if there's like, it could even be like just a, Hey, what's up. And we'll say, Hey, what's up back to you. Yeah. You know, um, 
We might even shout you out on the pod. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to bringing on some other people on the pod as well. Yeah, you mean yeah, we're making some making some plans uh for maybe having some potential guests on here. I'm really excited about that. And you know, it's just we're really excited for what's to come. Um, how have you guys been liking our intros? You know, I feel like those all those all came from my head. So I hope they pan out for you guys. <laughs> yeah, and I'm excited to drop the next season of intros on him that's going to be really interesting yeah man i'm excited to collab with you about that man i think we're going to make something really dope definitely definitely. getting the creative juices flowing on this it's amazing yeah man also i just wanted to say um i hadn't had lost my train of thought but just thanks to everyone that like provided us you know some some feedback and you know we both both have some mics now (laughs) we got a little bit of a schedule and we're planning things out a little bit better and making some notes and Today, unfortunately, it went a little bit longer than what we planned for. But, you know, that's I think that's fine because we covered some really important stuff, important stuff to both of us, um, you know, with both like that financial news and also, you know, Dragon Quest Eleven. And I'm so excited to be checking that out in the future um, and bringing that to you guys. So we you know, we are going to try and keep it close to an hour in the future. Um, if you feel strongly about that, you know, feel free to send us like if, if there's overwhelming support, you know, um, for one way or the other about our episode times, like we would be open to changing that for you guys. So just let us know. Let us know. Yeah, and just thanks Please. so much to everybody that's been listening. And just shout, just shout out to everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Sticky Buttons pod. It's been great. Yeah, dude. Bye, Jimmy. It's gonna go to the moon. <laughs> but don't. <laughs> Have you seen any of those like this thing where they like uh, they like shave it in there? Like uh, I saw something where like somebody like shaved like GME in there. Like, I did not see that, but that is 